good day and welcome to episode 263 of Live Happy Now. This is Paula Phelps and this week we're going to imagine living in a world that has been plagued by a great tragedy. The world as you know is gone, all the stores are closed, and you can't see your friends. (laughs) Sound familiar? Interestingly enough, we're talking about Shadow's Edge, a mobile game and lifestyle platform that was created to help teens and young adults build resilience skills. Today, we're talking with Rosemary Lockhorst, one of the creative minds behind this innovative platform. Let's listen as she explains how this game has helped teens and young adults deal with chronic illness, anxiety, and now a pandemic. Rosemary, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you. I'm very flattered to be here. Well, we have a lot to talk about because you've got so many different components to Shadow's Edge. But before we start talking about those components, can you explain the game to us? So Shadow's Edge is a free mobile game that is helping teens and young adults build emotional resilience. And the game does that through self-help content that is delivered right where they are on their devices playing games. So we incorporate principles of narrative therapy and artistic expression and have turned that into a game to meet them where they're at. Can you explain what narrative therapy is? Narrative therapy is the principle that if you tell your story and talk about what you're going through, that you actually start to work on it internally. There's a bunch of research obviously associated with it, but the idea is that, for example, if I've had a trauma and I talk about it various times with potentially even with different people, that I start incorporating what has happened to me into my story. And as I start doing that, I tell it a little differently each time. And that's because you are accepting what's happened to you and that will actually allow you to move forward. And that sounds like it'd be a great thing for the teen market because a lot of times talking about your feelings is difficult. And just saying, this is what I need. You don't necessarily have the language for that. Yes, and especially in that age, right? Teens, that's what they're meant to do. They're meant to become more independent. And there's so many things also going on in the brain with growth and with becoming their own person. They're finding their own identity. And I think that specifically now, even just in general, teens are under so much more pressure than we were when we were younger. You know, there's so much more pressure to be the best at everything. There's so much more pressure from outside, from social media and all kinds of TV shows where people become billionaires by the age of 20, right? It can feel like some of these teens have to choose their full career path by the age 14 already. And so all of that stress, in addition to just really finding out who they are and becoming more independent, is just very heavy on their minds. And that's not always easy for them to then express. And in addition to that, our research has also shown when we were harvesting over 14 million conversations of teens online, that they actually prefer reaching out to somebody that is potentially not really in their immediate field because they don't know if they would be understood there. And you mentioned the research. You did a lot of research. There's so much science and research that goes into the back end of this. And I want to get to that but you have created this whole platform. Can you talk about where the idea began to get us here? Absolutely. And we're more than just a game. And that's why this is a great question to then answer a little bit so that you can see sort of how it all came together. It all started with a book. Our founder, Sherry Sobrato, she had a brain tumor when she was younger. And she experienced firsthand that there's really no tools 
that are appealing and engaging for young people out there to help them through that journey of dealing with something really harsh that comes your way. And so when Against All Odds she survived, she actually went into psychology and for years she did lots of workshops with teens and with young adults. And upon her 25th year of survivorship, she then decided she wanted to do more. And so she wrote a book with a friend that was called Digging Deep. And for that, she set up a foundation and the foundation Digging Deep published the book and distributed it to over 700 hospitals in the US with about 35,000 copies, basically to parents, professionals, psychologists, and they all started working with the book and they loved it. And so with that, she also then established a blog for parents and professionals to help them, guide them, you know, how to deal with these kinds of things, how to talk to your team, all kinds of subjects. And a lot of those subjects actually came from parents and were requested by healthcare professionals. And that's sort of where I entered. You know, she was running out of books and I knew her already. We were friends. She knew I had a technical background and she knew I had a storytelling background. And so she said, you know, Rosie, I really want to do more with this and I'm running out of books. How can I make this into something digital? You know, how can we reach a wider audience with this self-help content that we've had in the book? And so we looked at what's possible, what's out there, what other people are already doing. And to be honest, there wasn't really a lot around. You know, there were games that were focused on shooting your cancer or there were specific applications to monitor your diabetes. There were things to make you feel more healthy physically, but not really on the mental side. And so we really set out to do something that helps teens in a medium that they're comfortable with. And so that's why we decided to build a game versus an application. And doing it in an online format, like you said, that is where they live and that's what they do. And it also makes it very private for them, doesn't it? They can use this and don't need to be concerned that someone else is going to see what they're doing. Absolutely. It gives them a safe space. It gives them something that is not attached with stigma. A lot of times, and this is a problem that widely exists, according to the Association of Psychologists of America, 27% of young people, which is the World Health Organization's definition from 10 to 24, actually say that they have experienced at least one depressive episode in their teens. And 75% said that they could use a little more emotional help. They've self-admitted that. But oftentimes, if you say that you're feeling depressed or that you're stressed out or that you can't handle things, then there's a stigma attached to this, right? And that is something that, of course, is very difficult for these teens to deal with. And if they have a tool like Shadow's Edge where they can go into that tool, nobody knows what they're doing. They're playing a game, so nobody knows really that they're working on themselves and on their issues. It just gives them a lower threshold to actually start doing something. And then the other thing, if you look at what the game does, it helps them process all of those feelings. And this is where we're unique versus other applications. We take them through that journey of processing. We take them through the stages that happen when you first started to feel insecure about yourself or when something dramatic happens into your life. And game mechanics lend themselves well to this because they're suspended in a different world, right? It seems like not the real world, and yet in that game they are building skills that they can take back into their real life. Yeah, so can you talk about the world that they do reside in when they're playing Shadow's Edge? Of course. So Shadow's Edge is a city, and it's been hit by a terrible storm. 
actually much like what has happened to us now with <laughs> coronavirus, <laughs> right? And so as you enter Shadow's Edge, the world is much like lockdown. The shops are closed, everything is dark and dreary. And in Shadow's Edge, the storm had raged and then it froze time. So when you're there, you can see everything's still out of whack. It's disrupted. And that's the phase that you end up in. It's called disruption. That's level one. And then you meet this character and the character Ty will tell you that she got stuck in the elevator when the storm hit. And when she got out, everybody else was gone. And now she's alone in the city and she doesn't really know you know what to do but she thinks it has something to do with the journal and what you have to do is the quest of the players you have to find the pages of the journal that were scattered all over town and then you answer the therapeutic questions that are on them and those are much like you would get in and around therapy or in a self-help book so you start exploring the world when you find these questions and you answer them two things happen. One is you get tools to spray paint and to make graffiti and art all over town to make the city beautiful again. And the second thing is for both writing and for spray painting, a part of the city comes back to life. So plants will start growing, buildings will repair themselves, animals will come back to the city, lights will go on in the window. And as you start doing that, you start leveling up and bigger steps will start happening and bigger progress. So after you've gone through the phase of disruption, you will end in disillusionment, which is kind of what we're stuck in now, right? We think, oh, is this ever going to end? You're disillusioned about what's happening, maybe about everything that's happening around you in the world. You feel disconnected even from yourself. One day you think, this is great, you know, we're going to get out of this. One day you think, oh my God, what have I done? Nothing's ever going to change. And that's the disillusionment phase. And so there you find questions really about self-doubt, for example. And as you level up further, you go into this phase we call disrupted discovery. And discovery is when you start incorporating what has happened into your life and actually living and moving forward with that. So there's questions in there about goal settings, about what you want to be, where you want to go, things that you want to try out maybe. There's prompts to communicate with others about what you're going through. So it's much more outgoing and much more a step towards the real world so that they can take all of these skills that they've been building and the work that they've done on themselves and understanding themselves better. And they can take that and then start building communication skills also towards people in the real world. And the way that you've done the content, it's really well developed. So what kind of research did you do to make sure you were checking all the boxes on that journey? We did a ton of research. So we did a big data research where we harvested conversation online of what teens are talking about online in relationship to illnesses, traumas, mental health, and depression, anxiety, and all those types of topics. And we found that teens really do want to talk about these issues. They just really don't know how or who to that they best can talk. Uh, because it can be awkward talking to a best friend sometimes because you don't want that relationship to change. You don't want the other person to feel more responsible. And so it just changes the dynamic sometimes, and that scares them off. We uh, also did a impact study. So from the very first thing that we did from the very first workshop, we have involved teens and young adults in making the game. We started out with chronic illness, really focusing on that and making people with chronic illnesses, serious illnesses, stronger emotionally. But as we started testing with young adults and with teens, we really had a lot of requests from people saying, well, you know, I just feel anxious, but I'm not diagnosed. Can I play too? Or my brother wants to play because he wants to understand me better. Or my friend would like to play too because she thinks it can calm her down. And so we started opening it up to really a wider audience. And as we went through that, 
testing process over about six months, doing new iterations of the game, and then again, testing again, and then iterating again, and testing again. We then came to a better version. And there we did an impact study with the emotional health department of the Dutch government and with the University of Twente in the Netherlands. And with that study, we looked at a baseline study and an end study and a playtime of six weeks in between. And we evaluated factors of resilience and had we created something that created impact on resilience. And if we talk about resilience, these are things like proactive coping or optimism or a positive self-identity. All those things come into play when you want to become emotionally stronger. And so that's what we tested and the results were really, really positive. Positive enough for Laurie's Children's Hospital in Chicago to then want to do a clinical study. And we've just finished the data gathering end of March and we will be publishing or actually Lewis Children's Hospital will be publishing in August the results of the clinical study that we did with 196 cancer patients that are just going into remission. And I have to say, I mean, the best part about this was for us, really, we worked with psychologists on the content, on the metaphors, on putting all of that knowledge into the game. But the best part for me was really working with the teens. And we wouldn't have been able to do that without our development studio, Little Chicken Game Company, because most development studios are not too fond sometimes of having their players in the workshops and in the development cycle. So that was fantastic. You also have a blog on there that speaks about modern topics, things that are going on, such as you talk about the pandemic and how it affects them. How do you come up with your blog topics and who writes those? It's a mixture. We have over 200 teens that are still helping us with all kinds of things. So they help us by influencing the things that they want to see on social media and that they want to hear on social media. Some of them help us with the tutorial videos, for example, for YouTube or even with promotion videos. We have teens and young adults that are on our advisory board that help us as well. And specifically, one of the things that came back quite early on, which we didn't have in the first phase of the game, was that they really wanted a community. They wanted a safe space where there was no judgment from others, but they did want to talk to others or they did want to share with others. And so in the game, at some point, you unlock this thing we call Shadowgram. And that's like an Instagram, but in the game. So you can post something from your world. You can't post your journal because that's private. That's your private journey, your private thoughts. But you can take a picture of the graffiti that you've created, the street art, and then you can share that with other people. And you can even write something with it. You know, what inspired you to create that? And we've seen that that part of the community has really started to grow. And that's where we're really investing a lot in now over the next couple of months. Specifically now with what's happened with COVID, we've seen that that's something that there's really a need for, you know, where people can just sometimes just vent, sometimes express themselves in the way that they want without being judged by others. And so that part we then also took into our social media and into our blog where we said, okay, look, this is for you. So why don't you try and help us come up with that content? We ask our players in the game, you know, what do you want to see in our blog? What kind of things interest you? And then depending on what it is, we write it. If it's something that is more advice, but we also really favor experience stories. So we feature, you know, some of our players, some of our team have had issues in the past. Like for example, I I've had a chronic illness, so I write about that sometimes. So it's really a mixture. The other thing that we're trying to do more now as well, which was a request from the teens, is really involve some of the psychologists as well. So we've started a series of webinars for parents 
but we're also starting on a series of webinars for teens where they can just ask simple questions without having the feeling that they're in a therapeutic session, right? It's just a knowledge-based question, if you will. And I'm glad you mentioned the parents because obviously this is a platform for teenagers, young adults, but there are ways that parents can use this and tools like it to improve or maintain their teen's mental health. Is that correct? We have some parents that actually play with their teens that create drawings together or look at some of the questions together. For example, there's a question in there, which is always my favorite. It's called the masked me. And I was really positively surprised when my own niece, who also plays the game, she's had a lot of difficulty with growth in her life because she's super tall for her age. She's been playing the game and she was saying she used that question with her mother because it says, well, have you ever felt that somebody is not seeing the real you, the one that you want them to see, but they're seeing a mask? And then it asks you to draw the mask on the theater building in the city, basically by graffiti. And then you go back into the journal and you explain the difference between it and how you would like to be seen. And so she's been using that as a communication tool with her mother to get that aligns better. And there's questions like that in the game that you could do with other people or that you could use as a discussion basis, for example, in a professional or classical therapy setting. It just feels like it can ask some questions or bring up some questions that might be awkward to just bring up out of the blue. That's true. There are obviously questions that help you to dig deep. Our intent was never to create a game that distracts from what you're going through, but actually really help you to think about what's going on with you. Because the more you know yourself, the better you also know how you react to certain situations. And I feel, for example, in the situation we have now with COVID, there's so much that these young people are missing out on high school or college graduations, friends, holidays now, right? In the summer holidays, what are they going to do there? It's certainly not the plans that they were hoping for. And that can also leave a void. It's almost like little bit of PTSD, if you will, right? It's the insecurity. How is this going to go on? And then there's the added pressure that they have now, now that they've not been in school as much. Can they still make college or their grades or their class? And what will that be like? And all of those types of things can be really tough. And so some of these questions that we've now added to the game are really talking about those kinds of things. And those should be easier to start a conversation with. So we have in Shadowgram, we also have this opportunity to pose questions and update things. So we call those missions and challenges. We run weekly challenges according to what the teens and young adults have asked us for. The players give us some of the topics and some of the input. And then we ask questions and say things like, we had a challenge for COVID, for example, If you've missed your high school graduation, paint on a wall what you would have wanted your perfect graduation to be like and then post that and they would get a reward in the game for doing that, for example. And then we'd also ask them when they got the rewards to then go out and talk to the parents about it, you know, and say, here's really what I would have wanted and and see if there is a way that you can get that feeling at least of having a celebration still. That's terrific. This fills so many voids that's super essential right now. It's great that it was already in place as this began. So do you have some new things coming up with it? Or can you talk about where you're going with it in the future? 
Yes, we do. We have tons of plans. So we've noticed with COVID and with this last situation that, you know, there's patterns of what is happening. There's things that no matter if you have a disappointment that happens in your life or something major, there's certain themes we see that are recurring, like frustration, anger, isolation, all those types of things. And we really want to focus on implementing some cognitive behavioral challenges that can try to address those. Like for example, on anxiety, there's breathing techniques that other applications use. We're trying to see, can we translate those into some of our game mechanics? So make them an art challenge that has the same effect as a breathing exercise, for example. And then the other thing that we want to do is, and this is something that comes from our players, is we really want to do much more with the community. We've just received a small grant. We're nonprofit, so we rely solely on donations at the moment. And so we've just received a small grant from the Dutch government focused on community and these topics of isolation and, and all those things around COVID that are now so essential. And so we want to build in a lot more features into the community part where Players can actively really comment on each other and we moderate those, but also more missions and challenges because that's something that they really liked and it gives them like something daily to look forward to and to do. So there's a lot more that we want to do there. That is terrific. We will look forward to following this as it, it goes on. It is a magnificent platform. The graphics on it are incredible and it's a wonderful way to take a journey into your own mental health and, and your physical well-being as well. So we're going to come back and tell people how they can find you, learn more about Shadow's Edge, check it out for themselves. But can you tell us what you most hope that people get out of this? I think if our players find some understanding of themselves and who they are, I think that's something that's really important. One of the things that I feel is really important now more than ever is your identity. That's so much more fluid nowadays. And I think if they can find out things about themselves and be proud of those things, and we can help them do that, that would be really amazing. Rosemary, thank you so much for spending time today and talking to me about Shadow's Edge. Thank you very much for having us. That was Rosemary Lockhorst talking about the mobile game Shadow's Edge. If you'd like to learn more about Shadow's Edge, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. And a reminder, bring a little bit of happiness to your workday every day with the Live Happy Daily Happiness Briefing. Visit our website for a link to enable this as a skill, then start your morning by saying, Alexa, give me my Live Happy Daily Happiness Briefing. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. <music>